Hi, it's Chris Watkin here, and I'm joined by Paul Bottomley, who's been in an estate agency for over 20 years now. And he, after selling up his huge, massive estate agency, decided to start again fresh with a U-Move franchise. Thank you for joining me today, Paul. Um, what I want to do is find out your story as an estate agent, your hopes, your fears, your dreams, your frustrations, which led you up to a point a couple of years ago after having a huge branch, a couple of branches, setting it all up and, and starting all again. So what I'd like to do is firstly say thank you for joining me today. Um, when did you become an estate agent? Uh, I became an estate agent um, in 1998 after being a holiday rep in Spain for two or three years. Okay. And what attracted you to a estate agency? Um, it was something at the time that I never really wanted. I didn't set my heart on, on, on becoming. Or did you fall into it? Like yeah, yeah. Well, I, I was when I was a holiday rep for a few years. Part of that is, is selling trips, and, and it was something that I was. I didn't know I was quite good at, but but I was. And um, so when I came back and thought, well, I better get a proper job. It was like, well, um, there was an advertisement in the uh, I think it was in a local newspaper for a sales negotiator position um, at White Gates uh, in my town where I actually then bought that franchise. So I started there and then... In, where was that? In Dewsbury. Okay, yeah. Just outside Leeds. Yeah, nice part of the world. Nice part of the world. Yeah. Good stuff. So um, you started, when was it? 98, you said? 98, yeah. Okay. So the housing market was still a little bit in the doldrums. Yep. Okay. And then a couple of years later, things started to take off. What were you... Did you go in at like T-Boy, Neg? Yeah, I went, I went in as a Neg. And then I went uh, and then got, uh, I was there as a neg for maybe, well, about a, maybe about a year. And then a valuer position came up uh, in, that, in that estate agency. So the manager at the time, um, who's actually a friend of mine now, um, decided to give me the opportunity of going out and valuing. Can you remember your first valuation? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I can. I, I can t well, I can remember my, well, my first valuation, my first take on, and he sent me out to this absolute, hovel of a house and um, I went out nervous um, I remember coming back into the, the the shop and I got the instruction and I was buzzing and he said oh fantastic he said how much have you you, you put this on the market for this will give you an idea how long ago this was I said uh, I said I'll turn it on I said 31,000 uh, I said and he laughed and I said wow I said, it's great he says I said did you do your research before you went out and I said well you know obviously that time there wasn't you know you couldn't go on the internet and he said, all right, he said, well, if you'd added on, he says, uh, you'll have seen we've sold two previously down the road in the last sort of few months, and they've gone for 20 and 22. So no wonder he signed up with you at 31,000 pounds. Which sort of brought me back from there, back down to there. Um, but um, no, it, it was it was a semi-joking sort of, but yeah, I always... I always Did you get it away in the end? Do you know what? I... I couldn't tell you to be honest. With you. I can't remember. <laughs> I also, we might have had to reduce it about six times, probably before. Oh, that was that was the done thing in the late nineties, yeah. then, wasn't it? So after learning the power of comparables and so <laughs> and, and and right move and looking at comps, um, early two thousands, were you really enjoying yourself? Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it was very much a, a massive, massive learning experience because I'd never managed. A member of staff before I was 26 I said I've been only in the game I, I took the franchise uh, the White Gates franchise in 2001 
So you haven't been there that long? No, I've been there. I've been in Whitegates for three years. I had gone from being a valuer at, at this Dewsbury office and then I moved, got moved to Huddersfield, which was a bigger office, and valued there for about 18 months. And then Legal and General then sold the whole franchise in effect in 2001. And I can remember at the time, my boss at the time of where I was at Huddersfield pulled me into the office and said, look, Paul, um, there's two values in this office. It was quite a big office. He said, I'm only going to keep one. I'm just giving you a heads up. It's going to be the other guy. Uh, I said, was that so, deserved? Uh, yeah, he was. He, he's 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 actually one of my best man at the wedding. He's he's a really good friend, and he was more experienced. and And I totally understood why he would want to keep him. Um, and I thought, all oh, right, okay, um, I've got that job. And then uh, a guy, Steve Kirk, one of the directors at the time, just rang me and said, "Why don't you go and um, and take Dewsbury?" And I said, "Well, what do you mean?" He said, "Well, you know, why do you go and buy Dewsbury?" I said, well, own it. I said, yeah. He said, never even, you know, I've only been in the game a few years. So I managed to raise the uh, 10 grand it was at the time for the for the franchise fee. Didn't you have any fears? Yeah, absolutely. What were they? Uh, my daughter had just been born five months before I took the franchise. Um, me and my wife, we bought our first house. So I was giving up um, an income, in effect, to actually buy... A franchise um, with a daughter that's literally brand newborn, um, never having managed anybody. And, and how did that make you feel? I was nervous, um, excited at the same point. Um, I didn't know if I knew I could. I knew I could do estate agent. I knew I had a bit of talent in that, but I had no idea what an accountant was, what they did just literally going into it totally blind in effect so yeah it was uh, it was worrying but I'm one of these people where I think I'd rather do something and fail and then if it fails you go I tried it I tried that it didn't work out rather than say no and go to something else and employed and I always look back and think what if regret yeah so early 2000s Rocking and rolling, enjoying it. Yep. Things worked really well, did it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember through through, through the early two thousands, the market was getting better every yeah, year. It was. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, I, I took the plunge. One of the biggest decisions I made at the time was um, um, the, the franchise came with a handful of like, rental properties, and the neighbouring office in Clackheaton um, that had been sold, and and they needed. Um, Legal General at the time needed somebody, an office to take on Clark Eaton's rentals. And there was about 20, 25. What's a rental? You know, didn't do rentals. Um, and I took, I said, right, okay, well, I'll, I'll take them. And I, I took a decision to employ a member of staff um, who, who was actually working at head office at the time to, to do the rentals. Um, and at the time, that was a big decision because uh, by the time we moved through to 2008-9 with the crash, we'd built the portfolio probably at that time to maybe 250 something along those sorts of levels which was so that decision to do rentals back then when all the corporates were just getting into it in 07 08 when the crash was happening was a big plus how how was the crash 07 08 crash for you it was 
the the biggest the worry was in effect um, back then that the, the tap literally turned off. It wasn't it wasn't a general over maybe a few years. So it, the tap went off fifty. You know, the, the sales went, were, were down fifty percent. Luckily, the rentals paid the majority of the bills and the staff. So it was a bit. I always tried to work on rentals, paying your bills as much as you possibly can, and then your sales is profit. Um, so at least I could keep the doors open. Um, just the profit was obviously less. Um, was it was it really a bad time for you? You know, you know, dark days for you. Yeah, I I, I give you one specific example um, of of I can remember now going into the petrol station to put some petrol in the car in Dewsbury, um, and at the time I remember the business card and putting it in to pay for the petrol, and the guy saying to me, "Oh, sorry, your, your cards." Failed. Um, I thought well, it was strange, you know. Um, so I gave him the can and got back into the office and oh, why is that can? Check the bank account. I've never had an overdraft or anything like that. And the bank account was 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 minus seventy five quid. And I suddenly thought I've run out of cash. And luckily, that was the lowest point on the financial side. So after that, things changed. But it always resonated with me. Cash is king. So I've always made sure, and I would say to any business owner, always, always have the cash in the bank because when things turn the other way, and I think I've seen so many businesses end up failing because people have taken cash out and done various things or whatever because times are good and then they've run out of cash. So you got through 2008, 2009, and then a few years later, you went and bought a second white case. Franchise, yeah, in 2013. Yeah, okay. That was a neighbouring office, which became available. Um, I still yeah. own that now, um, so that one I didn't sell that one. Um, so yeah, because I mean, I I used to be head of national sales for Belpoir, and the amount of times I've seen someone buy a second office, yeah. and actually the first one falters, Agreed. and the second one, yeah. so you actually have a, from one great one to yeah. two bags of spanners. I think the key with it is. Um, Never ignore the, the golden goose. Um, but I always went into it. Where I think people make a mistake is that they try and um, get multiple offices and manage them all. Um, you have to, in effect, in my opinion, get a good manager in your second office. You carry on looking after your first office. Always accept that they're never going to quite do them what, you're, what you want them to do and accept that moving forward. Was that hard to accept that someone couldn't be as good as you? Yeah, a little bit. Like the guy who I brought in, in fairness, and who's still there now, um, he was with me in the Dewsbury office before I sold it, so I trained him. So he was almost like a mini me then, wasn't he? Yeah. So, so he he was somebody. He was a senior neg in the office, um, and I saw somebody who was that that could do with an opportunity. Um, it would be a good valuer because. Um, I always believe and always do to this day that it's a people person game. Um, so if you come across well, you can have the best marketing behind you, you can have the best everything. If you come across as a bit of an idiot, then you're never going to do it. Um, equally, you can not have the greatest thing behind you, but if you're a great, great person, come across well because people buy people. And, and he was very much that type of type of person. And um, what advice would you give to people? In terms, you know, especially those who are perfectionists, you know, most estate agency bosses either tend to be perfectionists 
or fear being taken advantage of by others. They kind of fall into two, two camps. Mm. What advice would you give to people when, when trying to promote someone and, and them not actually doing a good enough job or as good as you? I think at the end of the day, you, you have to let them, in some respects, make their own mistakes. Um, you, can, you can guide them. Um, I'm very much with my member of staff in the other office. I'm very much towards saying to him, look, you, people, people buy you. So they don't buy me. I might be your boss. I might have trained you. might have done this. So I think you have to leave people to, to just get on with things the way they do, guide them in the way, just be careful of their figures and their stats and, and what they're trying to do. But how does it make you feel that, you know, they could be leaving money on the table mm. or losing money? which if you went in there, mm. you could sort out in the short term. Mm. That must be quite hard. Yeah, I think, I think the biggest problem, the, the biggest, I think us as estate agents are quite normally, fear, we, we feel that the public are fee-orientated all the time, or we feel that sometimes we have to um, compete with the other agents that are on our, on our street. And, and you move, you know, I'm just moving forward, but you, you move as an example of... of we get better fees. I get better fees as a U-Move guy than what my uh, White Gates office in Murfield gets. And when I tell him that, bear in mind I have no office, I have not as much presence in, in the town that we are in Murfield, we're market leaders, so we should be getting the best fees because we're market leaders. And when I sit him down and show him my average fee and what his average fee, his, his average fee isn't bad, but I said, do ne never look at it from a point of view of saying, well, I can't charge that bit more because I'm charging it and I'm not market leader in my town. Um, I don't have an office. There's, there's independent agents that, you know, I've been going two years in my town. They've been going there 100 years. So what made you want to sell one of your Golden Goose Dewsbury White Gates? Um, and go and set up a cartoon character estate agency with a funny little sheet yeah, yeah. With, with pretty colours. Yeah. Nice colours, by the way. I do no, like no. The, I like the green and the pink. Yeah. They do work well together. I'm into my colour wheel. <laughs> <laughs> um, quite, quite simply, it was a combination of factors for me. So I'd been um, in, in Dewsbury since 98. How old are you now? Uh, I'm 46. Okay. Were you getting bored of a state agency? No, I was getting bored of doing the, um, the, the, the rubbish that goes with managing nine or ten staff. And I had gone away from doing the bits that I enjoy doing okay. the most. So you almost felt you weren't, you, weren't, you were just a, brand, you were a manager of something. You went yeah. back to the old estate agency, the passion, the, the, the what you were when you were the sales rep and the out with the people. When, when did it click? When did you say, I need to do something different? Um, I probably knew I needed to change probably roughly two years prior, 18 months, two years prior to actually selling the business, which was, when did I sell it now? It was three years in February, um, so probably four or five years ago. Um, we, myself and my wife, we have two younger children, well, 10 and 8. So the fact of 45-minute journey into work, 45-minute back, picking them up from after-school club. So all that sort of, we need to be out, one of us needs to be out, because she works in the business as well as my wife. So one of us has to go in and get the kids. And So a 
a little bit of that 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 drain where with I'm sure you come on to you move, but with you move it's 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 one of the benefits is a getting back to um, the ground onto the ground really and doing what okay. you go back to invest, but also the flexibility. Yeah, but the flexibility and picking your kids up isn't going to make you sell your golden cow. There must have been something in your heart that you think I'm bored. No, I think I think from a business owner point of view, you you always you always have to have. It's like a football team selling the player. There's always a price that that maybe thinks you know now might be the right time. And without going into too much detail, it was more the demographic of the area that I was in and operating within was quite tough and challenging. And an opportunity came where I'd been thinking about Umove. Um, I knew the, the former owners of Umove very well. Um, so it was in the back of my head. I was intrigued by it. Um, the opportunity comes along to um, for somebody to to take over that business. This is your got your Jewsbury yeah. office. Yeah, this is Jewsbury. So, so, so you do, you basically someone approached you saying, "Would you want to be selling?" Yeah. And you because you've been having this niggle in your head and itch that was wanted scratching. Yeah, you thought to yourself, "Now might be a good time." I was four, whatever, forty three then or whatever, okay. um, and I'm thinking, "Do you know what? Um, now might be a good time." for a different challenge. How did your wife feel about selling the golden cat, the golden goose? Well, she she was also because if we sold the the way we were going to operate and the 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 fle- more flexibility we were going to have in 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 our balance between home and work life um, was still was was going to be better. Now she still works within the business on the on the Whitegate side. She runs the property management for the Whitegate's office, but she does it from home. For your, what, for, for your Dewsbury office? No, the Murfield office. The Murfield office. Yeah, so the Murfield office I still own, still have it now. The Dewsbury is what I sold. So we came away from Dewsbury. We still have Murfield, still have it to this day. Um, so she now looks after that. So she must be the detail-orientated one of the family. And you're more of the people person. Yeah, she's, she, all, all you can say is she's done lettings for the last 12 years and you've got to be a certain type of person. Wouldn't, wouldn't let you anywhere near her. No, I, she wouldn't let me anywhere near She will say to me, even to this day, you are not going to do a final inspection because... You'll end up talking to the landlord. The yeah, the exactly. Tenant. Oh, you'll, you know, you'll, you won't, you know, I know how you look after what you do in the house. So you're not going to go and do a <laughs> rental final inspection and think that uh, you're going to do a good job with that. So she's a bit like a dog with a bone. Um, she'll upset a few people. Um, but I think I've learned on rentals, you, they're, they're, a, they're a certain breed. Uh, okay, so starting a U-Move franchise, the issue of going from employed to self-employed wasn't the issue. No. The issue was is that you wanted a different work. I hate the phrase work-life balance, but you just wanted a different life. Yeah, yeah. That wasn't the main reason. The whole work-life balance it played a part, but it was it was more to go back to me where I I wasn't relying on staff to do things okay. a certain way. Are you happier as an estate agent now? Because you've gone right back to the cold face. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Be- Why? Because the the part that I hated of of growing a bit, 
growing a business and running a business was the I'm not an accountant. I'm not. I haven't got a degree in in, in how to run a business successfully. Blah blah blah. I, in essential, I'm a I'm a decent stater. So all that and all that side of it a little bit of managing staff, even just keeping staff, um, which luckily we, we did quite well over the years, but recruiting staff, all, all the other bits and pieces that go with it, that when your business grows, you, you have to play more of a, a role within, then becomes more of a burden where you're not enjoying it. Are you happier as a, as a, as a, as a, as a state, as a man and as a family man, because you've now relinquished that macro, Yes, I am, although probably what I didn't realise um, would be that I, it would probably fair to say I am, well, it is fair to say I'm busier working longer. Yeah, but are you happier? Yeah, oh yeah, because I'm, I'm doing what I enjoy doing. Which is getting out there, seeing the punters, putting the house on the market, because... Because the, the you move model is very what we call a personal agent, where you're expected to do everything. Like Absolutely. That, which is the, all the viewings, yep. negotiating the offer. Yep. You don't have negs or anything like that. No. Do you like the old days of getting your hands mucky and negging? And it's great. It's great because the, 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 that is what people, the, the, the public that are out there, they they buy. This is what it comes back to this personal agent side. They buy you as a person. So uh, that means that you can only grow the business so much. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you said to me that you, you know that your 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 existing um, Murfield office has has a higher market share. Yeah. But you're uh, but I bet you a pound to a penny you're probably earning more. Correct. Through your one because you have do you have any staff? You move. Yeah. No. So you're earning more by yourself than than a branch a White Gates branch that you own, which has got how many properties under management? Oh, uh, not uh, eighty odd. Okay, and then the state agency. Yeah, quite a strong state. Agency. Is that amazing that you're earning more for yourself and you're happier? Yeah, absolutely. I just I would caveat that with with the point of saying that you, from a, a business, I have a manager in there. So you, you, if if I didn't do you move, I might be doing what he does in in, in Murphy. So the, you have to have that. Why why don't you sell Murfield? Or is, it, is there is a there's a thing in there that the wife has got the the, the job with the management? Yeah, I think I think part of it, well, certainly at the, certainly at the start and, and to this to this end now is that um, I didn't know you move how you move was going to go. Okay. Um, so at the end of the day, I would have always had an existing agency. I mean, what's the on. what's the future look like in the next few years for you? For me, or for a state agency, you and state agency. Um, for me, for the next few years, uh, will be a scenario or a case of what I'd like to do is to grow to a point where I'm not I'm not mega interested in I'm not mega interested in becoming this huge, great, big you know um, uh, big giants. Um, but at the same point, I would like to bring somebody else on board to take another territory on, certainly. But I'm very, very much towards. It needs, it needs to be me, and I'm very much towards. If it's, if you lose, if it doesn't become you, it becomes somebody else, then it's never going to quite go as well. 
because no, I believe nobody cares as much as what you do. Might be wrong that, and maybe that's maybe that's the wrong way to think. Well, it's that's your percept- journey. How can you expect someone to be as passionate and as driven on your path? Yeah. And your why is is that you want to earn a you you love estate agency, you love people, you want to earn a decent amount of money, yet at the same time you still want the flexibility of being able to pick your kids up from school and and be at the the recitals and whatever kids do. Yeah, I, I think one thing with the state agency, and, and I feel very, very lucky from from the point of, I've never, since since I started in the state agency, uh, certainly started running my own business, I've never ever got up in the morning and thought, oh God, I've got to go to work. And I feel very fortunate that I think once you're in agency, you enjoy it. And you said that you are getting a much higher fee do you genuinely believe that people will pay top dollars even though you have no branch and and you see little sheep <laughs> i think do you think it's an advantage what having the logo the logo i think i think it's very striking and i think it differentiates you okay. from the crowd do i think you can get huge amounts of, of money so for let me just so, so for example i'm based in the north of england i'm based in where average fees are i'm not where they are down down south so at the end of the day can i go in and charge stupid amounts more than what the local high street reputable agent is um my my personal thought is no, I think it can be difficult, and I and I've always believed, contrary to some commentators with an agency, where I think, you know, you can go in and, and put you put a great big fee on your head and say I'm the best in the world. You're going to pay two percent. You're going to pay this, that, and the other. You're going to pay a thousand pound, fifteen hundred pound more than the agent down the street. It's quite arrogant sometimes, and I think you've got to be very very careful because boards bleed boards, and, and I think you. If you don't have stock out there and you you oh. don't have those, then it's it's very very difficult. But still, even if you're a couple of hundred pounds more than everyone else, mm. you're still a couple of hundred pounds more than yeah, everyone absolutely. else. Yeah, but it depends on the on the mindset. If you believe that everybody that you go in front of is going to choose their estate agent based upon the fee that they put in front of them, and if you can't differentiate yourself from the others. Then, then you will, you, you will lose out. And have you taken your learnings from your UMove franchise and given them to your Whitegates office? I have. I wouldn't say I've done it hugely successfully. Um, part of my issue or problem that I have at the moment is that um, my UMove side has meant that um, I can't give as much time as what I really should do to, to that office uh, and if and if my manager was sat here he would say this um, he gets somewhat I'm not say he gets left um, because as, from a business owner's point of view if he's doing the business if he's selling the houses and stuff mm-hmm. yes would I change certain things I'd yes I would and I'd love to bring him into the inner bubble in effect to, to say look this is this is what you can do if you if you have that so you, you you try but then again he would equally turn around and say yes boss but if you um, you're looking at my figures and saying, well, how come you've only listed four houses this week? Why haven't you put 10 on the market this week? And he might turn around and say, well, boss, you told me to go and put charge, you know, up here on the fees. And I've struggled with it because, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I think that there's a there's a balance. There's a balance to be had. Thank you for your time today. Um, 
I just want you to confirm, have you or anyone from you move paid me to sit on this watching session? No. I do this videos because I'm fascinated by the self-employed model and the YouMove franchise model is a different type of self-employed model. I think it's a fantastic um, model that people should seriously consider, although it's not for everyone, is it? No, not at all. No. I would say probably eight out of ten estate agents, it isn't for them, but mm -hmm. the two out of ten that do have that drive, that passion, that great mindset, it is a different way, isn't it? Absolutely, and I think you know, from coming from somebody who's been on the high street, who's, who's experienced the high street um, side of things, um, it's you've got to have, like you said, because you've got to have that drive, you've got to have that passion, you've got to work hard. I work longer hours now, um, evenings doing appointments then, Sundays when agents are shut, etc. Um, but you know, it, it, it's a great model. The backup is there, and you can make money off the back of it. Absolutely. Thank you for your time today, Paul. No worries.